0: Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Inforum's Meet Him podcast. My name is Terry Barclay, and I'm President and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Him podcast series introduces listeners to male leaders who share what they've learned about the value of diverse leadership in their companies and in their own leadership journeys. And I am just absolutely thrilled that joining me today is Phil Eiler, President and Chief Executive Officer of GenTherm. Welcome, Phil, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Terry, I'm really honored to speak with you today, Uh, and I just want to say thank you to you and your your whole team at Inforum for all that you're doing. Uh, It's making a huge impact to our industry.
0: Well, thanks, Phil, but I have to say right back at you. So. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump right in. How do you define and communicate the differences between diversity, inclusion, and equity in your organization?
1: Harry, we we have a a, a DE&I council in the company, and we've actually put a lot of thought into uh, how we define it, because it really helps us to uh, kind of direct how we roll out our initiatives, how we communicate to employees. Uh, but I'll give you a, in a nutshell what you know what the, the way I think about it and the way the team thinks about it, certainly starting with diversity. It's really about embracing the spectrum of human differences uh, in our company. Mm. And I think obviously covering the obvious things like race, religion, uh, gender, sexual orientation but it also means a lot more than that. It's, you know, we're a very global company, so it's the culture uh, of the different countries that, that are represented by our employees, uh, political beliefs, uh, work styles, values. It really covers the full spectrum. And, and our, our objective is to really embrace those, you know, those, that, that range of human differences. When it comes to inclusion, Uh, I think it's about belonging and it's about creating a proactive uh, access to opportunities in the company, resources, uh, to the ability to contribute fully to the organization. So the key word for me is belonging. On the equity side, the key word is fairness. Uh, Are we treating people fair are the systems in place and policies in place to encourage fair treatment, uh, to give fair opportunities, incredible uh, opportunities to, you know, to all uh, all people in the company and, and transparency of information, you know, not making that, uh, you know, a source of uh, inequitable power in the company. And Of course, pay. I think pay is a big deal when it comes to equity in the company. So that's kind of how we define it.
0: You know, that's that's great. I love the way you bring out all the different aspects and uh, certainly companies that are global. I, lots of times I hear from people that those differences in, company, in, in country cultures uh, can be just as powerful an influence as other tr- more traditional aspects of diversity. So thank you for Uh, highlighting the breadth and the depth of of, of all of that. So the other thing, and I'm so glad, thank you again for joining us, Phil. You know, this work and the success of this work really depends on having allies of all kinds and at all levels within a company. So I'm really curious What's your view of what what can male allies do on that basic day to day basis basis to encourage and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion?
1: I, I kind of look at it two different ways. Uh, one is, of course, from the male perspective, but also as a male leader and CEO, uh, because I think you have to you have to really carefully think about um, you know all of. I have to think about all of my actions and behaviors and messages that I'm, that I'm signaling. Uh, so from a male perspective, it's really about doing everything you can to understand the perspectives of uh, people of, that are different than you and uh, that are diverse or uh, female and, and making sure that you walk in, at least try to uh, walk in their shoes. And understand the challenges that that they're going through, and and building the policies uh, in your company and the way that you operate to support some of those challenges. Uh, you know, working mothers is just one of one of the many many examples. But are we putting in place, uh, you know, work practices that allow working mothers to be successful? be successful at home, but also be successful in the, in the workplace and be able to take on the biggest jobs in the company. Uh, I, I think those are really important steps. And, and certainly as CEO, I think it, just to pivot a little bit, I think it really starts with uh, taking action. So You can talk a lot, but it really, uh, what really happens in a company is formed by, you know, how the steps that you take as a leader. Mm-hmm. And just when I came to Gentherm, uh, to I joined the company in 2017. And frankly, what I found was was not a huge culture that uh, championed diversity. And uh, as an example, the leadership team here was, was all male and mostly in one location in the U.S. And I worked really hard over the first couple of years to build a diverse leadership team because I think that sends the message. And fast forward four years and we have, uh, of my leadership team of 10 people, we have four females, two of which are Chinese. We have an Italian, we have a German, uh, a leader from Poland and a few others. So it's a very diverse team and it represents kind of the cross-section of, of our company. And I think that more than anything sends the message that you can, you can be successful in this company, uh, And you don't have to be, uh, you know, a white male in Michigan, for example.
0: What a fabulous example. And congratulations on making that transformation. I mean, you're absolutely right. Actions speak louder than words. Isn't that what our parents used to teach us when we were kids? (laughs) It's it's, It's not what you say, it's what you do. But so... So, Phil, how on earth did you do that? I mean, I, I think that one of the myths about being a CEO is that you just decide that uh, this is going to happen within the company, and magically it happens. <laughs> Even CEOs have to go through a process of building influence inside the workplace. So how, do you, how did you go about doing that, and how do you know when you've succeeded?
1: Well, I don't think you ever really succeed. You know, I think it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey, and and you know, you have to you have to just build in change step by step over time. Uh, you know, what, from the beginning of our shift uh, to to truly changing, you know, what we represent as a company, it's putting in place the values for the company that include. Uh, I mean, obviously you have to really narrow down what you're going to focus on. Uh, Ours, we we put together four winning culture behaviors uh, early on in my tenure with the company. Uh, Customer focus, global mindset, performance and accountability, and then employee engagement and inclusion became one of those four key behaviors that we felt drive everything in the company. And we've been very consistent with it. Um, And then, you know, championing, uh, talent inside the company that, uh, you know, that really was, uh, was just ripe to grow and to make an influence and, and finding, uh, people and diverse people who you have to give them a shot and take a chance. And, uh, and in some cases you have to go outside and find talent that can augment and and help change, change behavior in the company. So it's four years. It didn't happen overnight. Um, But uh, if you're if you're planful and methodical, you can make it happen.
0: Well, it's still really a remarkable example in a very short period of time. You know, and I love the way you talked about consistency, Um, and that kind of almost leads into our next question, which is about the incredibly rapid pace of change within the industry and the organization. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how that affects your leadership style? Or maybe could you share a story about a time when you had to make a real, implement real change within the company?
1: Well, we're in automotive, so it's been pretty boring the last few years. (laughs) So you don't have to, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't. I, it's just, it's, you couldn't have made this stuff up that is happening now, you know, if you tried, right?
1: Well, you're right. I mean, obviously COVID has hit, has hit everyone in the industry. So I think everyone's had to deal with that and make big changes. So I'm not going to go into, to all the, we're a global manufacturing company and obviously pivoting around how we just get product out our out of our manufacturing plants has been you know a big management uh, of change but more recently i think the industry is well aware of the challenges with the shortages of semiconductors uh and kind of layer that on top of the covid situation and uh and then the you know the, the car companies shutting down and opening up and shutting down and suppliers i think are really pinched uh and that, that's our that's our key industry so we really had to come together as a leadership team and assess uh, our, our priorities, our initiatives, because we were we were really straining our resources to, to do everything we could just to keep our business running, given those uh, the supply challenges. So we took this philosophy, uh, it was, we boiled it down to four words. What can we suspend? What can we remove? What can we simplify? And what can we outsource? So that we, you know, can take care of our people during this difficult time. Because uh, the worst thing you can do is is to create so much stress with your workforce that you run the risk of of burnout and and losing people. Uh, you know, in, in this in this challenging time. So we we had to really assess our strategy, make those kind of changes, uh, pivot the the areas we were spending time on, and stop doing certain things. Uh, and it's really helped us. We still have work to do there. Um, but, uh, but I think that sometimes you just have to take a look at what you're doing and say, look, that's, that's not going to fit in this current time.
0: Wow. What a great, you know, I think you may be one of the first people I've talked to who's really talked about the impact of all of this on people and burnout, and then looked at adjusting the business model uh to really directly address that issue so that you can retain the talent that you need i mean i i feel like there's just so much going on right now people are really at a they're stretched to the limit <laughs> so
1: they really are
0: yeah yeah no they really are so you know you're part of that too phil so you know how do you how do you manage your own uh stressed during this time. I realized that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, do you, what, what tips do you have? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, family is, is a big part of it. Spending time with family and uh, you know, making sure that you take time for self-care, you know, it sounds kind of cliche these days, but it is really important. And I block off time every morning to do uh, you know, very simple things, routine things that I have to really fight to keep, but roll out of bed. Don't, don't look at the phone first thing in the morning, go have some quiet time, exercise, walk the dog, uh, get a chance to think. And that's been, you know, for me, if I can do those things in the morning, uh, you know, uh, spend a few moments in prayer or meditation, uh, you can get by with about 80, you know, a minute or uh, I'm sorry, an hour or 90 minutes, of your own time, you can really come in charged up. So I found that's really big for me. And then, uh, you know, being able to do your best to disconnect when you leave at the end of the day Mm -hmm. or when you turn off. Uh, I think that's a big problem we have, you know, with the, uh, with the new style of uh, hybrid work or working from home. And we're really trying to encourage people when the work's done, turn off, you know, Create your own internal, even if you're working from home, create your own uh, commute time, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's inside your house, try to disconnect. I think people, people are missing that. And, uh, you know, these lines between uh, personal life and work are, are, are getting too blurred, in my opinion.
0: So, so is that part, it sounds like that's part of how you define success. And you're really communicating and role modeling that for your team. There's nothing more powerful than having a leader who tries to role model. that. So is, is that part of how you're defining success for, for, for the team?
1: Certainly, certainly from a work balance standpoint. um, You know, the other thing that, that I've found over the last few years is talking about defining success, because I think what the company stands for and what it, where the company is going can be a huge influence uh, to you know driving success in a company. Obviously, we're a public company and numbers matter and results matter and you know, keeping our shareholders happy uh, all matter. But we've we spent a lot of time a few years back developing our our mission as a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, you used the word earlier, Terry, consistency. We constantly communicate this mission. Uh, We embed the mission and our winning culture behaviors into all of our communications, into our performance reviews. Uh, And, you know, I think maybe we're lucky because our company creates product that has an impact on people. In fact, our, I'll just read our mission to you. It's creating and delivering extraordinary thermal solutions that make meaningful differences in everyday life Mm. by improving health, wellness, comfort, and energy efficiency. Mm. So we do that in the vehicle with our thermal solutions that, uh, that can add to health or to a comfort and wellness in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the hospital, we have patient temperature solutions that can literally save lives. Uh, so I, having that clear mission was huge, you know, creating that and, and getting people excited about that and embedding, embedding it into how we make decisions in the company. Mm-hmm. uh i i define success in a big way by driving the company to you know to pr- pursue that mission
0: mm. well there's no question people really want to feel proud of where they work and the work that they do and it sounds mm. like that's what you're doing <laughs> you're <clears throat> creating the conditions and the vision really for uh, driving, you know, driving forward with all of that. So what a great example. Um, I have one more question uh, in this section. It sounds to me like you are a lifelong learner and you know, you're naturally curious and constantly uh striving to learn and understand more so are there any blogs or podcasts or other media that you engage with that help drive new ideas and generate innovative thinking
1: i tried to be a learner i still still have so much to learn that's for sure but uh yeah i do i i actually really love podcasts there are a few i think through a few of these um Business war on the business side. Business wars is one that I love uh, because it goes behind the scenes of competitive companies in different industries. And there's a spinoff of that one called Business Movers that uh, walks through careers of individuals who have made big impacts in different industries. In fact, I just listened to to one uh, about Mary Barra, mm. who I think we all can we all obviously are uh, you'll look up to Mary and what she's done in the company, but that one was fascinating to, to hear sort of the inside view of how she uh, grew her career at GM. And another two that I like to listen to one uh, to the podcast that are a little bit different. Hidden brain is a good one.
0: Oh, I I know hidden brain. I love hidden brain. Yeah. That's
1: a, yeah, It's really, it, it just forces you to, think about things in a different way and and also revisionist history is one uh, malcolm gladwell uh who's written several books uh, that one that one is really uh, i love that one on top of that i love to read uh my favorite or history biography uh, uh,
0: that's my favorite too history oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yes especially
1: yes. historical biography but yes uh, <laughs> yes,
0: yes absolutely
1: Two, two recents. That, well, I'll give you one I really recommend. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, females that are growing their careers would love this book. It's it's a personal history by Catherine Graham. Yes. I just read that one not long ago and I was blown away by Catherine Graham's story. She was the CEO of the Washington Post.
0: Yep. Uh, that's sitting it's sitting on the bookshelf behind me phil is it (laughs) funny that you should mention that i'm like yes i know this book
1: (laughs) i've actually yeah i'm ready to read it again i was i was blown away by that book and then the rise of theodore roosevelt's kind of a different take on things but i love that book too
0: yes i've i haven't read that one but i've heard about it that's um you know it's interesting isn't it that um there really is so much to learn from um, some of the key figures of history and get curious, especially when you look at the times that they lived through. And there's so many parallels to, we think that what we're going through is unique, but you, you, you find out that there are elements of it that aren't, <laughs> you know? and that there may be a roadmap that others have uh, put together.
1: It really, it's amazing, and there are different topics usually, but you can learn so much by how leaders, either you know, successfully or unsuccessfully, dealt with uh, challenges throughout their their period of leadership, and and you can apply those lessons. So that's why I love that so much. I'm not a huge person on reading the business books that give you a prescriptive, step by step way to solve things. I'd much rather read about how people have dealt with situations. Mm-hmm
0: hmm Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for sharing those. Um, and, and not just because I, I agree with them. <laughs> it's interesting though, to hear to hear um, where you found inspiration. I always love learning that about people. So So before you go, can you share with us a story about how you used, or even a time when you wish you might have used a key leadership competency mm-hmm. and why that mattered?
1: Um, you know, I, I think let's, let's stay on the diversity side a little bit. Uh, I, I've been really fortunate. I grew up in a family that embraced diversity. And you know, I, I learned that uh I grew up and it, to me diversity was a very natural thing and to be embraced. And I also was very fortunate to be in my previous company. Uh, diversity was a, a key part of uh what drove that company's success. So that, that all was really natural, but especially over the last few years, to a certain extent, when you, uh, when you embrace diversity and especially if you're like myself, a white male, uh, sometimes because, because you're, you feel like, uh, you're positive about diversity, maybe you don't always, uh, dig in and ask enough questions, uh, and really, uh, you know, I'll say educate yourself on some of the barriers that are there. And especially as a leader, you need to know those, you know, what are those for, you know, just to use the example in in the U.S. for African-Americans, you know, what are are some of the difficulties that are just underlying that uh, you don't think about every day that are barriers to success? Mm -hmm. Um, There's one, I'll just give you a very, this is a kind of a recent example that my eyes have been open to, and I don't know if you've heard of the crown act, oh. uh, creating respectful and open world for natural hair. Uh, yes, This is one that a lot of people don't think about, but it's, I think it's indicative of some of the, the biases in society that, uh, that make you know, life uncomfortable for, uh, you know, for, for certain races. And I think we have to, and to learn those things, you have to ask questions and you have to show more empathy. And I'm still learning that. You know, it's it's not just about having good positive intent. It's about really understanding. Mm.
0: Great example. Absolutely great example. Gosh. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today <laughs> and, <laughs> and for sharing um, your insights and the things that you're interested in, um, and the ways in which you're continuing to learn and be consistent in your commitment um, to all things involving diversity, inclusion, and equity. We really appreciate the time you've spent with us.
1: Terry, it was such a pleasure. And uh, as I said, this I think you have a great platform here. And I love, walk- I love listening to your podcast and uh, keep up the great work.
0: Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet him, including the season one library. And while you're there, check out the other virtual inform components, including Meet Her, a podcast series in which female leaders share lessons from their own leadership journeys and how they put those lessons to use today. You'll also find a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and a series of virtual events. Thanks for joining us today.